0: This is a uh, very special episode for two reasons. Welcome back, of course, is to you, the listener, and also welcome back to myself. It's been a while since I've recorded an episode for our podcast. The last one was uh, recorded and posted in 2022, believe it or not, last year. Now, it's only March 4th, but still, that's a long time. So apologies for the... Radio silence, um, you know, life has its ways of, of taking us through, through, you know, these experiences and I certainly had my own uh, personal challenges in life and breakthroughs and just things to go through as a human being, to grow through, as I like to say often. And so there just wasn't enough inspiration, time, energy. There for me to really um, record and you know, episodes and do interviews with guests the way I have in the past. But we have a few cool interviews lined up, and I just wanted to do uh, an episode on reviewing some of our reviews, especially focused on the what I call less inspiring or more critical or negative reviews and I wanted to take a moment to address them, you know, uh, they are uh, public, if you will, you can go to um, Apple podcasts and read them. There was some other ones uh, on Facebook and you know, I'll keep the Facebook ones anonymous and that's the Facebook one is really just a reference. But I want to focus on the Apple podcast reviews that are the, the one-star reviews. And the reason why I want to do that is because I don't think it is fair, you know, for someone to leave a one-star review and never having listened to any of the episodes. And I can tell by the comments, by the reviews, that this person hasn't. And we'll go into details, but it just kind of, you know, it's evident, it's hypocritical and it's unfortunate. And I'm not upset by any means that there are negative reviews. There should be, you know, free speech. People can say what they can say, want to say, need to say. At the same time, I also stand for this project and I just wanted listeners who are really into our perspective, who value it, who feel inspired by it, or even if they're just coming to our podcast and they're curious, I want them perhaps, or I I maybe I have some secret hopes that they will find this particular episode and listen to my reviews of the reviews that are negative and that that would also add to their perspective change. But hey, I just wanted to do it because when I read some of the reviews, I really I really was touched in the way that I know I needed to stand up for for it because I've seen our podcast, our alternative perspective make a difference in people's lives. I've received by now not over a hundred, but maybe close to fifty, sixty emails from around the world of Mostly parents, some children, some adults, adult children, if you will. Um, and by adult children, I mean children who were diagnosed, you know, or adults that were diagnosed in their childhood and now they're adults and they're, they're writing to, um, let us know that they appreciate this point of view. So we've received many letters of people who are sharing even the positive effects some call it miracles, but that's, hey, can't be proven that they've encountered or seen show up in their lives because they've listened to our perspectives and they've changed their way, uh, and going about being with or treating ADHD in their lives or their children's lives. So yeah, without further ado, I'm going to jump right in. Like any podcast, we have very positive, um, Reviews. I'm just going to read one here from Iola. It says, finally, a different narrative that's actually empowering. Thank you so much for making this podcast and continuing to show up with empowering perspectives. They are hitting home and make so much sense to me. I was diagnosed with ADHD at a very young age and only recently as an adult and a new new mother or now mother, sorry. Am I truly understanding the dynamics and the full picture of what ADHD actually is? So that's a five-star review, right? And we have many. But I'm going to focus on the uh, one-star reviews. And so here's one that is from Paul with ADHD. It says, harmful misinformation about ADHD. I do not want anyone to have to suffer more because quacks like ADHD is over, have a platform to spread misinformation. Do yourself a favor and don't waste a minute listening to this garbage. Got it. Thank you Paul for being fully self-expressed, certainly welcome that. So um, let me go a little bit into the nuances here. First of all, harmful misinformation about ADHD. Let's start with harmful. What does that mean harmful well it means it's full of harm which probably means that the person you know implies that if someone listens to this information and they take it serious and then they go out in their lives and change something that they may actually harm themselves right that's a fair you know consideration i always say we're not medical professional this is not medical advice um you have to check in with your provider, your children's provider, right? Um, because, for example, what is harmful is, yes, if someone is on heavy-duty medication, and not just for ADHD, it could be for depression, anxiety, and so forth, you know, for mental well-being, and they suddenly, from one day to the next, cold turkey, quit. That could have severe, severe effects on their health, physical, mental, right? A hundred percent agree, a thousand percent agree. I have many friends, some that had many, medi- were on medication for ADHD, some that were on medication for depression or anxiety that have struggled for some for years, but mostly for months trying to wean off, right? Trying to go less and less and less and finally did it. And so I am fully aware of, um, of these situations where if someone goes cold turkey and changes something, you know, around their uh, disorder or their mental well-being or even physical well-being, that could be harmful. Yes. Now I want to say two things about that. First of all, if it's a child with uh, ADHD, usually there's a guardian or somebody in charge, a parent, guardian, right, that would have to make that decision. Then there's also doctors that would have to make that decision. If it's an adult, usually the adult can make the decision for themselves. But you know, um, somewhere they would have to stop or tell someone they're stopping. Or you know, yes, valid point. That adult might do something that we call, uh, oh, I like I hate, hate to use the word stupid, but not smart, that causes harm. So I agree with that. Now, here's the thing that I just want to point out. There are always going to be people that are going to do stupid things that are going to get drunk and jump off the roof of an apartment building and they miss the pool. There's going to be people who will take a drug and take too much of it, crash in a car accident, and then it's blamed on the drug, right? Is bad. Or, you know, I hope you understand, it's, it's kind of like we cannot be the self-appointed protectors of everyone, especially everyone's sanity or everyone's actions or everyone's choices in life. We can simply not. There are people who are going to do harmful things. And you know what? We can't stop them. They can't stop themselves. So we're not going to be able to stop them. So when someone says harmful misinformation. It would only be harmful if someone looked at our podcast as medical advice or if someone was so fanatic about one of our experts and said, I'm going to do exactly what that person said, although we don't really have any experts on here. First of all, that suggest actions that are truly uh, not smart or, or, you know, Uh, abstract or crazy or not somehow based in science or, uh, uh, you know, other fields like epigenetics or, right? So for any of our information to be harmful, it would have to fall into the hands of somebody who actually is reckless. And like I said before, we cannot do anything about that. So I always say, look, this is not the truth. This is a perspective. We're not medical professionals. You have to consult with your physician or whoever, psychiatrist, psychologist, about medications, about what you do in life with your uh, ADHD, right? So I just want that to be said when I hear the word harmful. Now, misinformation is interesting because it just always depends on which side you listen to. I never feel like... The information on the pro-medication, pro-disorder, pro-label side is misinformation. I feel it's incomplete information. It's cherry-picked and it's one-sided. Misinformation is a strong word that most people haven't used before this pandemic. Or should we say maybe the last two political elections. Now it's thrown around like a buzzword, like narcissism is another one. I don't want to get into that right now, but we throw around these words and we quickly label someone as a misinformant, right? Or people are getting canceled because they're picking one side over the other. So I'm going to leave that word misinformation alone here. Um, I just would say the harmful really was the thing that stood out. And then Paul continues to say, I do not want anyone to have to suffer more. So I'm assuming he refers to if you have this disorder that you uh, sort of allow yourself to get diagnosed with, which is ADHD, you're already suffering uh, by having it, which I can relate to. And I'm going to throw this in early here. I was going to save it, but we always say, you know, ADHD, when people say, oh, you said ADHD is not real. That's not what we're saying. Never have. What we're saying is the struggle is real. The label doesn't have to be. There's a huge difference, a huge difference. And so what he's saying is, I don't want anyone to have to suffer more. Meaning the struggle is already real for Paul, if he's referring to himself. Or maybe he's also self-appointing himself to protect others. To me, it sounds a little bit like that um, because he says, I do not want anyone, meaning other people have to suffer more. So the struggle is real. It seems to be, or at least if he's not referring to himself, it seems to be that he assumes that people suffer from ADHD. That's a fair point. If if you have that struggle, you know, that's a lot to deal with. Um, and then he says, suffer more, meaning now somebody's already suffering in his, in his opinion. And now they're listening to our podcast and now they're going to suffer more, which I'd love to, I'd love to know what he means by that. I mean, I have my uh, suspicions, but and here's another thing I want to say about these reviews None of these reviewers ever reach out, and we're very easily publicly available. Our email is on our website, adhdsover.com. Don't reach out to be on the podcast because we're very open to discuss um, these matters, these opinions. But I will not stand for somebody simply saying, no, you say it's not real, and then that's it. And not give us a chance to talk about what we mean by that, right? So it doesn't surprise me that none of these people actually reach out to be on the podcast. I'd I'd love to have them on the podcast, not as a, you know, you're wrong, I'm right, or I'm wrong, you're right. No, none of that, really, just to ask questions. What do you mean? And do you have ADHD? And Is this your experience and which information are you talking about that's harmful from which experts? And if you don't believe in that expert, what's your research to to show that that expert doesn't know what he's talking about? That kind of conversation, right? Just so that people can listen in and actually see, oh, okay, this show is based on a lot of scientific evidence, a lot of experts who have gone to like highly regarded schools and have degrees and have experience, like years and years of experience treating people. And they're called quacks, right? Like he's saying, because quacks, like ADHD's over, have a platform to spread misinformation. Well, everyone has a platform. So not just us, right? Free speech, well, free-ish. And again, he uses misinformation. So it's clear to me that Paul thinks that a lot of the stuff we say in this podcast is not true. Now, true is a heavy word, right? Based on what we'll get into that, he says, "Do yourself a favor and don't waste a minute listening to this garbage." Well, it's hard to tell from just this if he listened to how many episodes he listened to. Probably ten minutes of one episode, maybe even right. Because I truly believe if you listen to our opening episode and if you, uh, you know, if you really wanted to know if this is garbage and you researched some of the top guests we've had, like Gabor Mate. Um, Stephen Porges, the inventor of the polyvagal theory, uh, you know, Bessel van der Kolk, uh, body keeps the score. These are heavy hitters. These are not just like some guy with misinformation. So it tells me in a way that Paul just needed to express himself that he thought it was garbage and Hey, free speech. Thank you, Paul for expressing yourself. But that was Paul with ADHD one star review, harmful misinformation about ADHD. So let's go to the next one. There's a bunch of really good ones. Good. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Another one. This is Mandy, uh, harmful misinformation. So again, you see those two words, right? They've been thrown around a lot since Trump has been in office and the pandemic. As someone who didn't get an ADHD diagnosis until I was 21, rhetoric. Like, this is the reason I struggled so much my entire life and never knew what was wrong with me. ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder made up of many complex interactions in the brain. Diagnosis is essential for kids who have the disorder. And then it continues, and for some reason, the, the reviews cut off, I guess, after a certain amount of characters. And it says, because it allows, it's an essential for kids who have the disorder, Because it allows, I would imagine, she's going to continue for treatment and, you know, fair, right? So let's look at this. So she says, as someone who didn't get, well, I shouldn't say she, but the reviewer, as someone who didn't get an ADHD diagnosis until I was 21, rhetoric like this is the reason I struggled so much my entire life and never knew what was wrong with me. Okay. Wow. So much to unpack. Holy mother. Okay. Well, let's do it. So, she didn't get a diagnosis until she was twenty-one. So, I can definitely see that there, you know, was a struggle. If um, Mandy had a hard time at school, not focusing on homework, getting called into the principal's office—all the stuff that I assume probably happened because she's obviously saying I struggled so much my entire life and never knew what was wrong with me. She says, "Rhetoric like this is the reason I struggled so much." Okay. So rhetoric like this, I would need to know what this means, meaning this entire podcast, um, you know, yes, we, we have a very controversial title, but guess what? I come from advertising and I know that when, a, when things aren't controversial nowadays, uh, just in the title or in the, in the log line, nobody listens because we're so, it's, it's the, the, the noise is so loud and it's oversaturated. So yes, we chose a very controversial title, ADHD is over. Most people don't know it's based on or borrowed from War is Over by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. You can Google that and see what the point of that was. Was war really over at the time? No. Did they want it or wished it was over so there would be more peace? Yes. Well, same here. What if ADHD was over, right? It's a crazy thought. Martin Luther King, I have a dream. It may never happen, but he had a dream. And it came from a a willingness to see more peace and love in the world. And we're doing the same thing. So rhetoric like this, it's hard for me to judge, you know, to, to really know what she means. That's why, again, it would be great to have this person reach out and want to be on the show so we can talk about which part of the rhetoric is, you know, is the reason why she struggled so much. I would imagine... It's to say, oh, uh, ADHD is not real, or uh, you're just stupid, or uh, you, whatever it is, right? I get it. Look, Mandy, I got it. There is a struggle. And we say this, and if you have listened to our episodes, which I don't think you have, that's just an assumption, but I really don't think you have, because to bunch it all up into a word like rhetoric like this tells me you haven't. Um, We never say ADHD is not real. We say the struggle is, the label doesn't have to be. And the entire podcast is really more around that labeling and that boxing in of humans whose brains function differently, but for a reason, not for a predetermined genetic, oops, you got the wrong kind of brain reason, not at all. There's actually, this is why this podcast is empowering. We're actually laying out a theory that it's never predetermined. It's predisposed possibly, but from traumatic, like transgenerational hand-me-down traumas that have affected our nervous system and our brain. So that's empowering. That is bye-bye to victimhood, right? But let's continue. And then she says, and here's the key thing. I've heard this so many times. And never knew what was wrong with me. Now, most of you <clears throat> excuse me, may shrug this off and go, never knew what was wrong with me. I get what she's saying, you know, because we all have a self-deprecating little voice in our head uh, that started very early on in our childhood where we would make ourselves wrong or I'm wrong or I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. What's wrong with me? A lot of people have this dialogue. What's wrong with me? We have a young woman in our documentary uh, trailer, who is a nutritional expert now, uh, mother of three, married, who was diagnosed at an early age and put on medication. And for her, it was already what was wrong with me from an early childhood. Then she had ADHD. What was wrong with me? Now she was on medication. Well, something's definitely wrong with me. Why would I be on medication if nothing was wrong with me, right? So. It doesn't matter if you're on medication, pro, anti, if you're not on medication, if you, it doesn't matter. The dialogue of what's wrong with me uh, plagues many of our minds. And I can see here from Mandy putting that into her four sentence review, clearly had the same internal dialogue. What's wrong with me? And the struggle with this so-called disorder during her childhood, you know, almost validated something's wrong with her. So I get it. I get it at a human level. Here's the problem. When we have a bunch of people running around the world thinking what's wrong with me, those are the same kind of people that will see an ad on TV or hear someone talk about ADHD medications. They will go to their psychiatrist and they will say something's wrong with me and I need medication. I've heard this from many experts that now There's this self-diagnosing going on in our society where people see an ad or talk to somebody or hear, see a movie or a TV show or something and they go, oh, oh, that's what's wrong with me. Got it. They are looking for what's wrong with them. No one's actually looking for why this may feel like something's wrong with them and why they may not Able to function in this world the way other people without this disorder can, right? That's where people draw the line. They just go, oh, that's what's wrong with me. Okay, got to go to a psychiatrist, let them know the thing I heard with the, you know, attention, hard to focus, impulsivity, restlessness, I got that. So just, you just make it go away. Give me a pill, right? Now, Mandy continues to say ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder. Yes, that's true made up, well, uh, I'll explain what that means when I say it's true, uh, disorder made up of many complex interactions in the brain. Now that is something I believe that's a slogan that pe- lots of people copy and paste. I don't mean necessarily physically on the computer, but just mentally from the internet, from Google, they hear it all the time. Psychologists, psychiatrists, experts, uh, writers use it. Well, what's a neurodevelopmental neurodevelop- disorder? Well, neuros brain. Development is development. So the brain's developing, okay? So it's a disorder. The brain can't develop properly, right? Based on some ideal brain we have, which is, uh, you know, one of our experts, um, uh, blanking on his name, Thomas Armstrong. He says, um, you know, show me the perfect brain. Where is it? Is it somewhere under a bell jar in a museum somewhere in the world? And that's what we're measuring up against, right? Just to make the point here that neurodevelopmental means brain development in a a layman term, if you want, if you, you know, if I can use that. So it's a disorder of the brain not being able to develop properly. And it says made up of many complex interactions in the brain. Well, yeah, it's a brain. It's very complex. I would agree. Um, We all know that. So there's not much meat in this sentence other than oh, I've been told that my brain is not developing properly because of this thing called ADHD and the brain is such a complex thing. How could you, Roman, or ADHD is over, or your quacky experts even begin to say that it's not a disorder of the brain and that there's nothing wrong and it's not real, right? That's what I'm hearing, which is never what we say. Never what we say because our experts are actually saying, yeah, No, there is something going on in a person's brain that's been diagnosed with this disorder. There is a disorder, meaning things aren't in order to to function properly, just like an addict's brain is not in order, just like a narcissist's brain is not in order. By the way, these are all labels for people who've been hurt as children, and I don't mean physically. Hurt people hurt people. No one's an addict because they're born an addict. No one's a narcissist because that's what they chose to be and they're born a narcissist and they're a bad person. And it's the same thing. You're not someone with ADHD because you're born with an ADHD brain. Our experts are actually, in a way, I hate to use this word, but they're proving with their research, scientific research, widely publicized, what's the word? (laughs) Publicized? Um, that trauma, and I don't want to get into it here. You can listen to other episodes around ADHD and trauma, that a traumatic event for a specific human and no traumatic event has does ever have the same effect with all, it's not a one size fits all. We've all had trauma as children and trauma, I always say, just because there's no drama doesn't mean there's no trauma. Trauma can be Lack of nurture, lack of emotional presence by the parents, could be a divorce, could be something that happened during child rearing, something physical. It is basically what's enough to shock a human being's nervous system and have it get stuck in defense mode, the nervous system. And I encourage you to listen to Stephen Porges' episode on, on um, polyvagal theory and the effects of trauma on the nervous system and a definite relation to ADHD. And that is the only thing I've seen consistently show up such that if we had to have a theory, what causes disorders like ADHD? And we can go to the spectrum of autism and Asperger's, but that's just not my specialty, so I'm going to leave that out, but it's a spectrum. But what causes ADHD? I personally signing off from this project in the near future would say, here's what we found. If we at least first help a human being to calm down their nervous system, to go from sympathetic, like a defense mode, into the parasympathetic, the restful state. If we work on that first, if we help to identify, and if we can, what traumatic event or events or traumatic influence on a human beings in, in their lives has caused their nervous system to go into that defense mode. And we work with that first. I believe, and I've seen it, and our experts talk about it, people change. ADHD type of behavior, call it syndromes, really behaviors, start to dissolve, literally disappear. I've seen it with our own son. It takes time, though. This is not a quick fix. Most people that leave negative reviews on our show are more drawn to quick fixes. They're the ones that are have been diagnosed, are on medication, are pro-medication, and definitely anti-anyone that questions medication. And I get it. But look, it takes time. It took us seven years to see what I call drastic results with our own son and he still has things to work out. He's a human being for crying out loud. He's going to have things to figure out and and maybe do therapy and take workshops and do healing for the rest of his life. We all do. We all got to stop believing in this quick fix mentality that if you take a pill and do this and get this under control and get married and have kids and all, you'll be fine then you can just cruise through the rest of your life retire travel the world and then hopefully live a long life and die right we have to wake up that unless we start actively healing what needs to be healed we all know what needs to be healed how do we know how can we find out very simple I know this is a theory, but I myself am working on it, is remove all distractions from life for a short period of time. Do it for two weeks at first. I think I started with two weeks or, um, in the past and I, and I didn't remove all of them. But it's a theory. I 1000% believe the way things will show up that we can then face head on that is called our stuff to heal or I call it to deal with and heal with, right? So remove all distractions for a period of time. Sit with yourself more than you sit with others, noise, social events, social media, alcohol, food, gambling, sex, vacations, buying things, all the distractions, by the way, when distractions become uncontrollable, they're now addictions. So all an addiction is, is a distraction we can no longer control. So when we actually remove all those distractions and we sit with what comes up, which is, is not going to be pretty, but that is the laundry list of things that we got to clean up, we got to heal in order for us to be fully autonomous, fully responsible, well-beings well, mental health well, physically well, spiritually well, all of it. That's the only way to get there. The alternative way is to keep our distractions in our lives. Take some kind of pill or have some kind of quick fixes when we need them because our distractions are just causing so much pain internally. And we no longer look at it as pain. We just go like, oh, I'm just feeling depressed or, oh, I have anxiety or, oh, i some distracted, uh, da, da, da. Uh, you know. Yes, there are quick fixes out there. And we are not about quick fixes. This ADHD is over podcast and movement is not about quick fixes. They're available. If you've noticed, we don't have mainstream narrative on ADHD kind of experts on here because... You, Just Google ADHD in the first two, three pages. You will find the same repetitive language. You will find the same experts that you can look up on Wikipedia, which will show you how much money they receive from pharmaceutical companies. This is not an anti-pharma comment here. This is just fact. And you can see it there. We were more interested in bringing on our show experts that have an alternative point of view that in my opinion complete the narrative around ADHD because it's missing, it's incomplete in the mainstream narrative. And the mainstream narrative isn't some ominous force and some ominous person or people in my mind. It is the mainstream narrative. That's why when you Google something and whatever's on the first three pages, if it keeps repeating itself and has the same buzzwords and similar experts and similar links to other sites that are linked to the same sites, That's the mainstream narrative. Nothing wrong with it. You just have to be aware that that's the mainstream narrative. So now let's go listen to also the alternative narrative. And then that, or alternative narratives, plural, and that completes the full picture. It is ignorant to only listen to one side and say, that's it, right? You can believe in one side over the other, but if you know both sides, here's what happens. Our intuition... Already tells us what's right for us, right? That's why there was a positive review I read at the beginning that somebody said, like, it just sound, it just felt right. It resonated. Resonation, right? Vibration, energy, it resonates. This person connected with what we're putting out there. And so, yes, then you know, we, this is my side. But I still encourage everyone all the time to listen to both sides. Because then you'll really get the full picture and you go like, okay, my intuition says this is my side. Now I know the other side. Okay, I'm informed. I definitely know where I stand, period. Because now you can have a conversation at a cocktail party with somebody who likes to copy paste facts off of Google search pages and says it's a neurodevelopmental disorder. That's uh, many complex interactions in the brain. Yeah, yes, it is. And here's what I've learned on the other side, right? Now you have an interesting conversation with room for growth, with room for learning. Instead of two people just like congratulating each other for finding the right answer on Google, right? Anyway, I know I did a little detour here. But my main point I wanted to say, this isn't a quick fix program. We don't have quick fix pills. Look, we know... Quick fix situations or pills or external sources work as band-aids to hold us over. The problem is that our society has become accustomed to promote these quick fixes as the solution, the final solution, the thing that will hold it at bay or that will fix it or if it's uncurable, as we're so often told, this will never go away. You got to stay on these meds for life. I get it. It's a capitalistic society. It's how you make money, right? That's not a conspiracy. That's just what's so. Let's move on. Next um, review is by Lenora. Um, Let's see. I'm having trouble. Okay. I'll read it off the screen here. ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder. Huh? Didn't we just hear that? Interesting, right? There's nothing wrong with having a disorder. It simply means our brains are ordered differently. Stop acting like disorder is a bad word or that it's something to avoid having. Love it. Love it. Again, uh, this person obviously has heard this buzz term. ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder, meaning a brain development isn't happening orderly here, right? We can all agree to that. I, I don't deny that. There's nothing wrong with having a disorder. That's interesting. No, there's not, you know? There's nothing wrong with having a knife stuck in your belly. You may want to get it out because it hurts and you don't like it and you've seen uh, episodes of shows where somebody gets stabbed in the belly and dies. You don't want to die. So, but there's nothing inherently wrong with it. You just have a knife stuck in the belly. Why am I using this? Well, there's nothing wrong with anything unless you say so. And once you say so, then you get to do something about it. You have to do something about it, right? If something is wrong for you, then I would imagine that you're going to put in the effort to make it right for you, right? So when she says, again, I don't want to assume she, but when this reviewer says, there is nothing wrong with having a disorder, yes. And we don't argue that. What we argue is that it's not empowering to be stuck with a disorder. It's empowering, I think, at the beginning to say, ooh, I got this knife in my belly. Don't like it, right? Like I got this disorder and supposedly I can't focus and I can't function in the world. Eh, Not sure I like it. It's a struggle, right? We have to have that moment of like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but do I feel empowered around it? Do I feel like I have a choice here? Do I have something I can do? Can I pull out that knife? Can I start healing the wound? Right? Right? And so the thing that, I, that I'd be cautious about here, Lenora, is to say that there's nothing wrong with having a disorder. Let me tell you something. In our society, there's actually a huge disadvantage for people who are labeled with disorder. I always use this silly example. I think it works. If I went out in the street today with a camera and a microphone, busy street somewhere, Times Square, uh, pick the busiest, but, and you go interview people and you ask them, hey, um, would you be interested in dating a disordered person? I guarantee you, except for the few spiritually enlightened or smarty pants who'd be like, well, I'd be interested to get to know the person and help them. And, you know, I get it, sure. But I would bet that 85%, if not higher, would give us a weird look and go, well, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. What do you, what would disorder? I I don't know. It's not again to put down anyone who's ever been um, diagnosed with a disorder. It's simply to make the case here that there's an agreement in society around the word disorder. It's not a good agreement. And we're actually, trying to give it a good agreement, saying like, yeah, there's things out of order. And, and this reviewer actually says it simply means our brains are ordered differently. Partially agree with that. And I'll go into the rest in a minute. We're actually saying a disorder simply means not in order, but compared to something that is in order, some other version of brain that is in order, right? So to say there's nothing wrong with having a disorder... Yeah, there's not. But I think what she's trying, or what the reviewer is trying to say, there are people who've been diagnosed with this disorder, and they're actually not stupid or not dumb, or there's nothing wrong with them. We agree, Lenora, 100%. We totally agree with that. Now let's continue. It simply means our brains are ordered differently. Yes, also agree. And here's again the kicker. This is why we do this project. If you end there and you say, well, my brain's just ordered differently, period. Usually what people like to add is like, and that's my superpower. Hey, we don't doubt that. Problem is a lot of people with that supposed superpower who say, well, it's just my brain is just ordered differently. They struggle. They still struggle. They have a hard time. Well, wouldn't it then make sense to continue looking to dig deeper To actually go see, huh, why is my brain ordered differently? And now what they're going to find on Google is one of the biggest incomplete narratives, actually completely not scientifically proven anymore, is this idea that ADHD is genetic. And what I mean when I say that is, again, people will hear and say, that's not true. It is genetic. Well, yes and no. Yes, it is. The ADHD type of behavior can be, is often handed down, transferred, transgenerationally from parents or grandparents to children and so forth, right? Yes. But what parents usually or readers are sold by the mainstream narrative of like, it's genetic, what they actually hear is not what I just said. Because epigenetics, science, has proven, that, that is a proven fact, you can look that up, you can read books about it, uh, I invite you to listen to our episode with Bruce Lipton, uh, read his book, um, it is proven scientifically that genetically we are never predetermined to get a disorder or disease, only at most predisposed, meaning we might be exposed to it. We might most likely get it, but it's never predetermined. That means you're not for sure going to get it. And what can help you not get a disorder disease genetically is exactly what we always talk about, which is to change our environment, everything around us, the language, the food, geographically, the school system, the family, like clean up the family. The environment has the biggest impact. This is scientifically proven on affecting on turning on or off our genes. I highly recommend you research this. See, we're into the nuances now. When someone says, oh, it's genetic. What we're saying is yes and no. I just explained to you the no. Yes, it gets, it can be handed down. No, it's not predetermined. Now here's the kicker. What happens is what people hear when they Google this and they read that it's genetic, what they actually hear, they read. It's genetic. What they hear is, there's nothing I or anyone can do about it. Oh, if it's genetic, well, then I'm stuck with it. And that now I want to go back to her comment of there's nothing wrong with having a disorder. It's like saying there's nothing wrong with being stuck with it because you're stuck with it. And so I'm not wrong for not being able to do anything about it. Man, that's a double prison. That's like you're stuck stuck. We're here to tell people, no, you don't have to be stuck. Scientifically proven, you don't have to be stuck. You just have to change everything in life. When I say everything, try it out. Process of elimination. Try it out. That's what we did with our son. You know, we, we changed schools. We changed diets. We even changed where we lived. More nature. We change, we continuously try things out to see, does it calm down his nervous system? I don't want to get into the nervous system now, but I might with another comment here. So, just wanted to say again that when someone says it simply means our brains are ordered differently, people get stuck there. Oh, I just have a different brain and it's my superpower. Yeah, that's the beginning. That's great. Superpower to me just simply means look, you honor that you're unique and different and you're just going to use the best of it to make the best of it in your life. Of course, I do the same thing. Everyone should. That's power, right? Superpower. I get it. But a lot of people get stuck there. They use it as a defensive kind of. Well, it's my superpower. Yeah, but you're still struggling and you're still, you know, just skimming the surface of mainstream information. Well, okay, if that's where you want to be, if you want to be in a, there's nothing wrong with having a disorder, my brain's just different and you want to end there, that's fine. But that's where we start. This project is about like, what if you could be empowered? What if you could thrive in life and not be defensive, you know? That's all we're saying. And so she finished the reader finishes by saying stop acting like disorder is a bad word or that it's something to avoid having. Again, I've just talked about it. It's not a bad word, it's a word. but it has a a, a negative agreement in society. So I'm not like I'm not acting like it's a bad word. It has a negative connotation in our society. That could be proven. With a simple silly example that I said earlier and try it out. I mean, you know, and 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 by, by the reader saying, or that it's something to avoid having. Look, you can have whatever you want. It's a free country. Like, have a disorder. And what I'm hearing, though, is that you're stuck there having it. You've sort of self-confirmed uh, uh, that you have it and Now you're stuck there. And so don't tell me being stuck there is a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's probably not the most empowered thing or the most empowered place to be stuck in. Are you open to potentially hearing alternative ways of getting unstuck? That's all we're saying. And I'm passionate about this because I've talked to so many top-level experts who all keep repeating the same thing. Once I kept hearing the same kind of uh, traumatic effect on the, on the brain, on the nervous system, and, and uh, distraction, turning into addiction, and all that stuff, like it was just clear. There's, there's more we can do. But that's not what we're sold, right? So I want to move on to the next. Um, so that was uh, 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 Lenora's disorder isn't a bad word. We've had harmful misinformation. Uh, We've had harmful misinformation about ADHD, and now we're going to go to two more. So here's one that says, incompetent and uninformed. In short, please stop giving microphones to white men who are absolutely uneducated and pretend they know something, and if they say it often enough, it makes it true. Just because you don't want something to be real doesn't mean it's not real as a person with ADHD who's diagnosed at the age of five. It, it is men like you, and then it cuts off the review. So I was really curious how it continued. So I love this comment. So incompetent and uninformed. All right. So I'm just going to not go into these two words right now because I'm going to weave it into the next, um, uh, on my feed, feed, into my feedback of the rest. So it says, in short, right? Please stop giving microphones to white men who are absolutely uneducated and pretend they know something. And if they say it often enough, it makes it true. That's uh, a lot to unpack. Okay. So first of all, I didn't get my microphone from, I guess, Apple Podcasts or I don't know. I bought my microphone with money that I, you know, worked for. So yes, I have two microphones. Um, to white men who are absolutely uneducated. Well. Okay, that's interesting. So first of all, it kind of shocked me to read this. I was like, uh, wh- white men. So how is that How is that uh, pertinent here? Why does that actually matter? I was like, you know, if this was a disorder that was predominantly found in, say, the African-American community or Hispanic, you know, Latin culture, I, I don't know, you name it, right, Asian, um, and I as a white male come in here and pretend to know what's going on, I could see how the white men comment here would make sense, but it just makes no sense. It's like something this reviewer is already upset about out in the world that supposedly, you know, the slogan of middle-aged white men running the world and being destructive and taking advantage of X, Y, Z. Look, I get it. I get it. I am a middle-aged white male. And I do deal with that and I do often think about that and privilege and all that. So I'm aware of that, but I just, I'm sorry, this just doesn't, doesn't fit into this review. So I'm just going to leave that out because it really, to me, uh, makes no difference here. But then the reviewer continues to say who are absolutely uneducated. Well, look, I didn't go to Harvard. I don't have a PhD. I'm not a doctor, you know. I grew up in Switzerland, and by the way, I just want to add to the white men comment. I'm a Caucasian, I'm a European Caucasian that grew up in Europe and then moved to the US. Not to say I'm any better or worse, but it, 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 there is a difference. When you say white men um, and you just include everyone that, that looks white, uh, that's also a bit of a racist move, I believe. Um, I I, threw that, I throw that term around very carefully. Because to me, it's like uh, going to some uh, South American country or being somewhere in Argentina or uh, even Brazil or somewhere and just saying and just labeling everybody Hispanic. Yes, technically on paper, if you look at their skin, yes, it makes sense. But it's such a generalization and and I think it's slightly racist. So I'm going to, but I'm going to give you that. I'm going to leave that out. So let's talk about uneducated. I grew up in Switzerland and I did my schooling. I went to college there, the business school. And then I came to the United States, which I love. I love this country. And I went back to get my bachelor's uh, in filmmaking. So technically I'm not uneducated. I may not sound like the most intelligent person out there that went to Harvard and has a vocabulary that's insanely uh, fun to exhibit at a cocktail party. I'm not that guy. You know, this is not my first language. I speak German. Um, Swiss German is my 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 first language. I speak four languages, uh, somewhat fluent, and English is my. I guess now I would call it my second language. So, I'm not sure in your book what it means to be uneducated. I don't think I'm uneducated, um, and also continuing, it, pretend that they know something, and if they say it often enough, it makes it true. Well, look, I mean, yeah, I can. We can argue that. Like, I mean, I do have a lot of what I call convictions and declarations. And by the way, that's how things become true. Like if we don't declare something like Martin Luther King, I have a dream or uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono said war is over. And like we're saying ADHD is over. If we're not declaring something that we we personally as our mission, as our purpose, like we want to see that become a reality in the world, then what's what's life worth living? I mean, I want to see things change and become more peaceful and loving and have people be more empowered and not be labeled disordered or not be outcast for something they have, you know, I'm all for that. So when you say pretend they know something, yeah, well, I mean, I've done, you know, seven years of research and talked to some top experts and I think I do know something. I don't know everything. And yes, I say it often enough. And with the feedback that I get from parents and, or adults, children alike, from around the world, there, there are some things that are true, that are becoming true. So I'm going to have to stick to that. Um, then uh, this reviewer continues, just because you don't want something to be real, doesn't mean it's not real. Um, again, tells me that this person did not listen to our podcast. Maybe for two minutes, or maybe they just saw the name and they're like, fuck you. ADHD is over. You, you think it's not real. Well, fuck you. Well, they must have looked me up to know I'm white. And um, they probably listened a little bit, right? Oh, this guy doesn't sound too educated. I get that. But really, if this comment to me shows that you really didn't um, listen long enough to understand that we're not saying it's not real. We're saying the struggle is real. Because look, I've struggled with it. My son struggles with it. I'm very familiar with it. You know, um, the struggle is real, especially in this world. This world isn't built currently, isn't built to accommodate neurodiversity, meaning anyone with a different way of functioning other than what we call normal, which again, Thomas Armstrong says, Where's a normal brain? Show it to me. There is no normal brain, but you know, we have this norm, scientific norm, this average, right? And so anyone that's different than that, it, you know, struggles in this system, especially the school system. By the way, that's, mostly where ADHD shows up is during the school years. Interesting. Um, well, well, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Yeah. Anyway, coincidence, I guess. Um, so just because you don't want something to be real doesn't mean it's not uh, real as a person, right? Oh, sorry. There's two sentences. It's not real. Well, then The reviewer continues, as a person with ADHD who's diagnosed at the age of five, it is men-like, and I'm assuming he's going to continue, men-like you. Again, it's men. It's not people. It's men. So I'm assuming this is uh, probably not a man, right? Uh, That's also upset that it's another man saying this. And look, I get it. You were diagnosed at the age of five, probably struggled, probably put on medication. Uh, A lot of people maybe thought that you were... Not smart or a bad seed. And I get it. That's a lot to deal with as a kid. And I, I, I'm truly sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry for anyone, any child that, that happens to. And look, the parents do the best they know how to do. And, you know, the teachers do the best they know how to do. And the system, the system itself, it's not an ominous being, but the system itself is, is so rigid and does so not allow for things that are outside of the norm that yes, it's hard, it's a struggle, and I'm, I feel you, I feel you here. Um, uh, at the same time, again, that's not what our podcast is about, is to put anyone down or to, to say you shouldn't have a diagnosis, or you're not real, or this is not real, or you, you, you shouldn't take medication. No, we're offering an alternative viewpoint that I believe is empowering, not disempowering. The words disorder and diagnosis and ADHD, those are disempowering words in our society. Those are not empowering words. That's why we had to say superpower so we could bring some power to it. But then people got stuck there. They still got stuck in the victimhood of like, well, but that's just who I am. And at least I got superpowers. And then they'd still struggle. They'd still have breakdowns. They'd still be dependent on medication. They'd still, you know, is that really superpower? Like if you 30% of the day, you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to do this. And, you know, but the 70% of the day you're struggling and you feel uh, trapped and, you know, it, it's, it doesn't work. So we're just offering an empowering alternative. That's all. But hey, thanks for the review. Moving on to our last one. I want to read for this episode. It's called discernment is necessary in child advocacy. Okay. It says, "Grant me serenity to accept things I cannot change, courage to change things I can, and wisdom to know the difference." That is from a 12-step program. I know that um, you have no power to change the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. That's where uh, disorders like ADHD are, are uh, you know, described. That's what uh, psychiatrists and psychologists, doctors, use to uh, diagnose. Uh, ADHD for those who don't know. So it says you have no power to change the DSM or the ability to make it illegal for people to receive money from big pharma to study ADHD. However, you can control how you choose to raise your child. Okay, well, that's a one-star review Um, to me. I think it should have been a three-star because it doesn't sound like... It sounds like we agree, right? Like, I, I agree with the 12-step program saying of grant me serenity to accept things I cannot change, courage to change things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Now, here's the issue I have with with using this sentence in a one-star uh, review. Because that would be like telling Martin Luther King, and I love using him because he, he said, I have a dream. And I can use John Lennon and Yoko Ono, war is over, because they wanted the war to be over. It'd be great to say... Uh, <clears throat> hey guys, John, Yoko. So just know that there's certain things you cannot change. And then there's certain things you can change. And if you're smart, you would know the difference. So war is over. Yeah, I don't think so. And that would be like John and Yoko going, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Who are we? Like change war. That, that can't be done. Or we can even use Elon Musk of like, you want to change space flight? Uh, Elon? Can you just pray, grant me serenity to accept things I cannot change? Courage to change things I can change. And the wisdom to know the difference. And Elon going, yeah, you're right. Changing space flight. Yeah, that's I can't change that. Yeah, I should know the difference. That's one I can't change. Okay, good, good, good. Right? Do you see my point here? I'm not disagreeing with the saying that the 12-step program uses. We don't want to get into that right now. All I'm saying, there are certain things... In our world, we may think we cannot change or affect, but if it's our purpose and our passion, which this is one of my passion projects, you can't tell me that I can't affect or change things around ADHD. Because if if I change one family or one child or one adult's life around ADHD and they are 10, 15, 20% happier in their lives, I've actually affected change. Now you say you have no power to change the DSM. It's kind of a joke, not a joke, but I often mention it like it would be great if we could change things in the DSM. And hey, things have been changed in the DSM. And I just want to remind you that, for example, and I don't know the exact years, but I think it was up to 1973, um, being gay was a disorder in the DSM or something like that. I mean, there was, don't quote me on it, but there are things that have changed because people protested. Now, I'm not a protester, but I'd like to give an alternative opinion around ADHD with my podcast and my movement. So I guess I am protesting that it is a one-sided narrative and we need the alternative narrative there to complete it, right? So when you say you have no power to change the DSM, you don't know that. I don't know that. I may not. But I wouldn't say I have no power to change the DSM. I would say it's really hard... To eventually maybe change the DSM or to make it illegal for people to receive money from big pharma to study ADHD, I get it. But leave it up to me what my purpose, my passion is, and what I do with this. Right? I get what you're saying. Is you're saying, hey, you should probably invest your time and energy into something else. You're you're not gonna or barking up the wrong tree. Let me bark up this tree. I'm not gonna tell you in your life what you can change or can't change. Right? If you're Protesting against the war in Ukraine, I could say, "What are you? Are you nuts? Like war? The, the war machine will never listen to you." You'd probably have an argument. Well, no, that wars have been stopped by. I know, I agree with you. So we are both agreeing. But in this statement, you have no power to change the DSM or ability to make it illegal for people to receive money from big pharma to study ADHD. I get it. I get that's what it looks like on the outside. But think about it. Just like lobbying is to me the most. Obviously illegal activity that's allowed in our world, right? In American politics. Same thing. Like experts receiving money from pharma that end up usually being pro-medication, pro-disorder, pro-label experts. It's a bit obvious what's going on. If it was 50-50 or at least 60-40 and you'd have the other 50 or 40% of experts to get funded are the the ones that are questioning the mainstream narrative and bring the alternative viewpoint to the stage, if it was, if money was given equally to both, I wouldn't have an issue with it. No one would. But it's not the case. And yes, to make that illegal for people who receive money from Big Pharma to study ADHD may never happen. But let me run my passions and my purpose in my life and you focus on yours. I think that's fair, isn't it? Last sentence, however, you can control how you choose to raise your child. Now, love that comment. And if you've listened to our podcast, which I don't think you have because if you give this a one star, your comments are very valid, but the one star tells me that it's like, yeah, you're doing this loud bullhorn thing. You should focus on your own child. Well, I am. We are. Our family has been doing this for seven years. And I agree with you that I wouldn't use the word control, but you can influence how you Raise your child. You can be a guide. Tells me a lot about a person when they say you can control how you choose to raise your child. I mean, I get what you mean. Uh, So I agree. Yes, that is where we start. And I will take it a step further. It's actually the parent that when doing healing work will affect the child. So I'm much more focused nowadays on my own healing, because I know that ripple effect to my son is massive. That uh, co-regulation of his nervous system, when I I regulate my nervous system, when I heal what I need to heal, when I dig deep and I see what still distracts me in life from what matters and what, what I get addicted to and so forth, right? Those patterns, when I work on that through therapy, workshops, you name it, 12-step programs, all the things available. When I work on that, I've seen my son change. I've seen it in miraculous ways where there's no way from one day to the next. I'm like, what happened? Oh, I just had a major breakthrough. He wasn't there. But my nervous system, we're all energy, vibration. My nervous system communicated, communicated something different to his nervous system today than I did for the past few weeks, months, years. And they can pick that up. My son's very sensitive. Most people who are diagnosed with on the spectrum, ADHD, autism, Asperger's, very sensible, very highly intuitive people. They can sense it. So when you say, however, you can control how you choose to raise your child, I would throw something back at you and say, if you have a child with ADHD, and that's why you came here and you left this review, look at yourself first, or now look at yourself, heal yourself and your child will heal or dissolve whatever disorder, whatever label they've been given. And it's not about disorder is a bad word, disorder, why can't we have a label and we should be labeling because blah, 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 blah. It's like have whatever you want to have that fulfills you. But let me just say that these are not empowering uh, words in our society. The agreement around around words like mental disorder. ADHD disorder in general, uh, and so forth, is not a, an empowering positive agreement. And our movement is actually simply to change that. So when people say, oh, you don't believe it's real, and you, you think it disorder is a bad word, we're actually fighting with you. We're fighting the same fight. It's just that we want to dig deeper and get into the the fabric of why these agreements exist. And if you're willing to go there with us, great. If not, look, I totally get it. We're a little out there. I mean, I, you know, I was reading the the about the podcast again today and you know, I'm proud of what we wrote. It says ADHD's Over is an eye-opening perspective shifting podcast for conscious parents. So if you're not a conscious parent, then you're like going through here and you're like, this is this is bullshit. Well, it's not for you. This is not a good or bad thing. If, if you're not a conscious parent or somebody wanting to get this perspective shifting information, then I get it. This is not your podcast. Totally get it. Then I would give it a one star too or zero stars. I get it. But this is not for you. You know, we're aimed at dispelling the typical myths of the current and incomplete narrative. We even say incomplete. We don't say misinformed like many of the reviews, call us uninformed and misinformed. To the contrary, I mean, our experts include Gabor Maté, Bruce Lipton, Stephen Porges, John Gray, Peter Bregan, Robert Whitaker, Tom Hartman, Marilyn Wedge, Dr. Thomas Armstrong, uh, uh, Bessel van der Kolk. I mean, look these people up. Read their books. Listen to their TED Talks. See how many followers they have. See how much positive feedback they have. Most reviewers didn't do that. They use words like quacks. Those are not quacks. If you're referring to anyone being outside of the mainstream narrative, being a quack, then you have a one-sided opinion. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just you got to own that. You got to say, I don't care. I don't want to. I didn't listen to the other side. And But don't call them quacks. Just say, I have my experts I believe in and I'm good. And you don't need to come on this platform and complain. There's no need for that. Unless you're trying to be right. We're not trying to be right. We're just trying to lay out this alternative narrative. And in order to provide parents with both sides of the narrative, we're questioning all aspects around ADHD with the help of scientific studies, logic, resonance, and with the contribution of internationally revered experts and public figures. That's what we do. So anyway, I get passionate about this. If you're really interested in a mature conversation to find common ground and perhaps to inspire others and perhaps to uh, share the love, come on our podcast. Go to ADHDsover.com. It's very simple. Email us there. Send an email and say, I, you know, I have some issues with this and this and this. Can I be on the podcast? You don't have to be an expert. We have parents. We have children. We have, you know, non-experts on our show that have valid opinions. And I have amazing conversations with everyone. So so if you want to just leave a review and, you know, sort of stab someone in the back and leave that knife up there to hurt the the movement, sure. I mean, you have free speech. You're welcome to do that. I just wanted to address these reviews because I believe that there would be no need to have these kind of reviews if we could have a conversation around it. Because from most reviews that are negative, I can tell right away that you did not listen to uh, probably more than ten minutes of our podcast. If even ten minutes, you just read the title, you uh, googled a few people in here that on on the first couple of Google pages might get some like oh they're quack or not not really revered expert whatever the feedback is from the mainstream narrative, and you you left it at that, and you're like fuck this, I get it. But it's time to dig deeper. I mean, this is this is a time in history where unless we dig deeper as human beings, we're going to destroy ourselves. I have no doubt. If we're not, if we're going to stick to these old antiquated narratives that keep us disempowered and dependent, as in dependent on external sources to have power, we're going to destroy ourselves. But if we dig deeper to see where's the empowerment, where can I actually be? responsible and powerful, not a victim. Where can I make change in this world, in my own micro, macro world with me, my, my kids, my partners, whatever, my community? If we don't start that now, all of us, is going to be over soon. Maybe not that soon, but it's, it's going down because we're stuck. If you've looked around the world, we are stuck. We have no right to have these front yard signs up that say, this house believes in love and then judge our neighbor for not being vaccinated. We have no business doing that. Or this house is all about equality and then hate our neighbor because he's Republican or Democrat or vice versa. We have no business. That's hypocrisy. That's an old narrative that doesn't work. That's how our politics was built, religion. All of the systems that are kind of crumbling um, that need to actually crumble all the way and be first leveled before we can build new systems and we can save salvage some of the good things from them for sure but all those old systems are built on the same old narratives that we are dependent on something outside of us that we are to believe what we're told by the loudest bullhorn and that, my friends, ain't going to turn out well. And we've seen it now sort of unravel during the last two elections and COVID, and it's just going to get worse. And I'm not a pessimist. I create the universe as a beautiful place of manifestation where we can create the kind of lives that we want, the kind of future that we want, and I know we can individually. But collectively, if we... Don't start turning this around and actually get that the healing starts at home. Gandhi said it best. Be the change you want to see in the world. You can go protest all you want out in the streets against war, against inequality, all that stuff. Great. If you're having fun doing that, go for it. If it's your purpose, passion, I celebrate you. But the real healing, the real work starts with you, me, individually, at home. There is no coming from the outside in. It isn't going to be that you're happier and your family's doing better if the war in Ukraine stops. That's not how it works. That'll be celebrated for a week once it's over, yay, and then you find the next cause and you run with that, right? I get it. All good. The real healing, the ripple effect goes outward, doesn't come inward. It starts with us. So whether you like this podcast or whether you hate it, I would like to just invite you to look at what's not working in your own life to own what's not working to not blame others for it to be fully responsible put your distractions and your righteousness aside and see what comes up and whatever shows up and it does that for me is exactly what i need to look at and sometimes it's righteousness sometimes it's laziness Sometimes it's a distraction, an addiction. Sometimes it's avoidance, ignorance, whatever that is, do the work there. Use the time and energy wisely because you only have so much left, especially attention. Use that wisely. That's our most um, valuable commodity. Everybody wants it, right? Use that wisely to reflect and heal yourself and everything will take care of it. You won't want to be stuck with a disorder. You won't want to identify with a disorder. You won't even have a disorder. There'll be nothing out of order with you because you're, through your responsibility and your healing, putting it back into your order. So then we don't have to deal with labels. We don't have to make excuses or throw pity parties in victimhood that we have this thing and you better accept it and it's real. And you don't know telling us it's not real. It's real. We don't have to have those discussions. It's time wasted, it's energy wasted that we can all use for healing. Anyway, leave it at that. Those, that was me reviewing the reviews. I hope you got some value from this and I hope you'll be back for more 2023 episodes. we got some interviews coming up I'm excited to share soon. Until then, have a magical life wherever you're at.